Father, we just give you thanks. We give you praise. We want to thank you, Lord, that you're here present with us. And Lord, when we declare Scripture, Lord, you promise that when your word is declared, it shall go forth, it will not return to you void. And so I ask for that anointing. I ask for that promise, O Lord, because the hearts have been prepared by you. And as they receive this, as they process this, O Lord, that you will be with them, be with all of us, Lord. Holy Spirit, bring uh, understanding, bring illumination so that we can know more and more of Jesus and have him rule and reign over our life as he deserves to. And so we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Tonight, we're going to take a pit stop. If you have been following Kingdom 101 since day one, uh, you would know that we have gone through 16 teaching sessions. And this evening, we will take a pit stop. Now, I've given you a photo down here. It's of an F1 car. Any F1 fans down here? Maybe a little bit here and there. I, I'm not really an F1 fan. Okay, so I really can't understand it when they close the roads and they cause traffic jams all over Singapore um, so that a few people can go down there and get some thrill with the loud noises. All right, I, I, I don't understand that. But this term pit stop comes from a racing uh, background, right? So the F1s, yep, they have pit stops. And you look at this whole team here, that's really the pit crew. And when, once the car comes in or once the driver brings the, his vehicle in, they have a limited amount of time to service it. Now, I'm talking about servicing. You want to express service, you go to F1. And 20 of them will jump on this car and they have, I think, 10 seconds. 10 seconds to, to look at the tires or change tires, uh, check the brakes, um, uh, change the oil or something like that. Huh? I, hope I'm not, I hope I'm not getting this wrong. But in that time that the car is there, his competitors would have gone on. And he would have, in inverted commas, lost some distance and some time. But those who understand this is that if they are going through that kind of a distance and an endurance race, they need to stop. They have to stop so that when they change and put in new things or change certain things, when they start out again, they can actually go faster and they can go further. So it benefits the driver for them to have even a strategy of pit stops. And that's what we're going to do this evening. In fact, you know, I think we've, we, we should have had a few more pit stops before this. And this is our very, very first pit stop to review the 16 sessions. Now, if I'm going to preach the 16 sessions to you tonight, we will be here till 3 a.m. in the morning or even uh, uh, later, right? So we're not going to do that. So just like a pit stop, there is a time limit. So I've asked my pit crew behind, when I start from session one, they're going to time me. And I will have only about one minute to present you the main points. That's all I'm going to do, okay? One minute or thereabouts. At that time, they will wave at me. And I'll bring that to a close so it forces that I do not preach over that time, to be fair to all of you. So 16 sessions times one minute will bring us to 16. Let's say I overshoot a little bit. We should be done in 25 minutes thereabouts. Would that be okay? That's why I say, make sure you get your camera ready or your phones ready because when the car zooms by, you've got to snap it really quick. Otherwise, you're going to miss everything. 
But the idea is, as I review these things, I want you to see the thread or uh, the points that have been going, that we've been trying to teach. The main points that we have brought out through the book of Matthew. I hope that the Holy Spirit will bring a stirring in your heart. Maybe out of the 16 sessions that I go through, maybe only three or four will like suddenly hit you again. Not all of you would have heard all 16, but that's fine. Tonight, you get a bonus. You get to hear all 16. And I hope it will excite you to say, oh, you mean you taught that in that message? I'm getting onto SoundCloud to listen to that message all over again. You see that? So it's like a little review as well as for some of you, it might also be a preview. And so if you're ready, we are going to come up to the starting line and we are going to begin our race for tonight. Vroom, 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 vroom. So point number one, or session number one, the title was Meet Matt. And Meet Matt was really an introduction to the book of Matthew. I felt that it was good to give you an overview so that when you listen to each and every teaching, it would sort of give you a, a framework to understand how the teachings apply. And so we have an introduction, a Galilean ministry of Jesus and a Jerusalem conflict. That's how the book of Matthew is divided into three large portions. Now, in the book of Matthew, you also see that Matthew quotes a lot from the Old Testament as we come into the very first book of the New Testament. And Matthew is really trying to tell us God's Word, when it is declared, it is prophetically given, it will be fulfilled. And so we can take assurance when we read His Word, when we receive His Word. Matthew is also written to God's people. And God's people are not just the Jews, but today you and I, we are also God's people. And so we would do well to heed the words of Matthew. Matthew is also talking about the king and his kingdom. So I see Matthew as a kingdom manual. And that's why we use Matthew for kingdom 101. We need to understand the kingdom. So, so far in our journey, how have we traveled? We've only covered here. From chapter 1 to chapter 3, and next week when we come back, we are going to start with chapter 4. Alright, let's go to lap number 2. The title is All in the Family. All in the Family is about the genealogy of Jesus Christ. From Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 17. The main point to note or the question that you want to ask is, what defines you? or who defines you. We know Jesus comes from the line of David, and that's royalty. Jesus also comes from the line of Abraham, and that's family. So in our genealogy, when we look back at our own families, is it not true that we all come from some dysfunctional family somewhere? There's some dysfunction in our family. But in Jesus Christ, we are restored in Him. There are new beginnings for us. There is also a new purpose. But as we step into the, the, the name of Jesus Christ and the corporate covenant that is there, the promise that is there, let us not forget that there are also personal decisions and personal accountability for all of us. Christ has done it all for us, for us to come into that family, to come into royalty. But we all have personal decisions to make. Lap number three. The title is called Mess and Messiah. 
And this really is about the story of Joseph and Mary being told by the angel that they will have a child and his name will be Jesus. But we look at this Messiah that they will have and somehow they uh, were brought into um, the assignment of, of the Messiah. So I call it a messianic mission. So the main point about this message is that messianic missions can be messy. And the Messiah, when He was sent on a mission, He was sent to be messed up for us. So look at this picture of Jesus hanging upon the cross. That's a messed up picture of our Messiah. But when we look at Joseph and Mary, we realize that today we know them. But at that point in time, they were like archipuses. They were almost unknown. But in the line of David, Joseph and Mary, they found themselves and they were assigned by the Lord. And the question for us is this, or perhaps the point for us is this, do not be afraid to be assigned and also to be messed up for the kingdom. Because sometimes when God puts us on an assignment, it doesn't mean that everything is going to go smooth. There can be moments where we can be messed up for the Messiah. Lap number four, the title of uh, the fourth message is Name Calling. That's because we went into the names of Jesus. The angel told the parents that you will have a son, you will call him Jesus. And his name shall be Emmanuel, God with us. And the main point here as I concluded this message is, our king knows us by name. The question is, do we know him by his name? Amen? He knows each and every one of us. Archippus, we're almost anonymous, but every one of us known by name. And I believe this message challenges us that we may shout the name of Jesus, we may sing the name of Emmanuel, but do we know the saving power in Jesus Christ? Do we understand Emmanuel means God with us, that Jesus saves us from our sins and He doesn't run away? Jesus saves and Jesus stays. Lap number five. Session number five, the message is go the distance. And it really covers the story about the three wise men, or at least we know it as the three wise men. But in the message, I did tell you that we're not sure the number of wise men that came. And we were introduced to three groups of people. There was Herod, who was insecure when the Magi came. And there was the Magi who were interested in the king and there was also the religious leaders and they were indifferent. The point is this, the Magi traveled and went the distance to discover the king. Herod was in Bethlehem, the, 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 the religious leaders knew the scriptures so well but even after told to challenge the, and to check the prophecies, they didn't move one step to go out to see whether the king was born in Bethlehem or not. So the question for us is, would you go the distance for the king? And if you are like the Magi and you are interested in the assignment of serving the king and his kingdom, the advice for us is that if you are interested, don't hang out with the insecure and the indifferent. Because they have, they have this funny way of influencing us. And before we know it, we become insecure and we become indifferent also. Lesson number six it's entitled, Where's the Ben? And we examine, once again, the, the same passage of the Magi coming all the way to worship the king. 
So, Where's the Man is really a message about worship. And when we look at worship these days, it's always accompanied by a band. Without a drum set, we don't know what to do. Without guitar, without keyboard instruments, we don't know what to do. The question is, when the Magi came to worship Jesus, did they bring a band? And I went to these points with you that worship must involve expectation and desire. Worship involves also the study and the living of the living Word. Worship brings exceedingly great joy. Worship also involves humility and submission. And in our time of worship to the Lord and with the Lord, we also can be real and we can be open, we can be authentic. Worship is also a, a symbol or an expression of offering and sacrifice. But what's most important is that after our worship, in and through our worship, it must bring transformation. Let's go to lap number seven. So in session number seven, the title was Wake Up Call. And this is about Joseph again being woken up by an angel in a dream and says, you know, you take baby Jesus and the mother and you get out of town and I want you to bring him to Egypt. And we see and learn from this lesson that our assignments are a part of God's prophetic move. Joseph didn't understand what he was doing. Joseph couldn't see the big picture. But his obedience to God's prompting of an assignment actually fitted into God's larger kingdom prophetic move. And that's what we need to understand. Many times, we don't see the big picture. God just says, take one step. And if we would obey in that one step, years later, perhaps, we begin to see how it connects. But it wasn't just a wake-up call. We studied the Old Testament prophecies, and we see that it was a wake-up call for Joseph to bring Jesus into Egypt. But for Jesus later on, it will become also a take-out call where Jesus will be taken out of Egypt. And it's not just a taking out, but it was also a sending out so that He would be the Messiah that would be on mission. So from this one message, we see a wake-up call moves to a take-out call that ends up into a sent-out call. And this is a reminder for all of us because God doesn't just want to wake us up. He wants to take us out and He wants to send us out. And I don't know if you remember the parable of the dough that was spoken of inside here. No, it's not by Jesus, but I believe, you know, the Lord inspired me to, to craft this parable. If you have not heard this, then get onto the message so that you can listen to this parable that sums up the entire teaching. Lap number eight. And the title is Drama in Rama. And this is about the story of um, Herod killing all the baby boys uh, from two years and below. And the word Rama really comes from the prophecy in Jeremiah that says that there was, there was a voice that was heard crying out in Rama because her, a, a, a voice of Rachel crying out in Rama because her children was no more. And simply, we see these young, innocent babies, children, have not committed anything. They had to die for the Messiah, and later on, the Messiah would die for each and every one of us. But here we see a lesson, and I think this is important for us, that sometimes when we receive an assignment or we receive a direction from the Lord, exercise wisdom when you want to share it with someone else. 
Because if you share it with someone who is wrong, this person, you know, uh, may inevitably kill that desire within you. He may kill that purpose within you. He may just put you down, discourage you to tell you you are thinking nonsense, doing nonsense, and kills that assignment even before you get on it. At the same time, if we are moving on assignment, be prepared to live and to die for Jesus. And for some, perhaps many down here, perhaps our assignment may involve protecting the innocent and the helpless from the Herods of this world. Session number nine. Now, it's a really odd title. I call it the Nazarene Nursery because we see that Jesus, after he was brought back into the land of Israel, Joseph did not go to Bethlehem, but ends up in the region of Galilee in this small little town called Nazareth. And Jesus being a young toddler by that time, you know, that was, we wondered whether he, entered, he went to a nursery school in Nazareth. And that's why we call it the Nazarene Nursery. And this message really teaches us to look at the times of preparation. Jesus was being prepared for the next 20 plus years in Nazareth for his main assignment that would come years later. So friends, if you are waiting still for an assignment, as you would have heard many of us share over the weekend, it has taken us 20 years, 25 years. But along the way, be faithful in the small things. Keep going on. And look at these little points here. Spiritual parenting is needed as someone is moving towards an assignment. There's a need to be rooted in the Word. Jesus himself would have learned the Word as a good Jewish boy. There's a time of insignificance and hiddenness. No one knew who Jesus was until the day of His manifestation. In the environment that He was there, the experiences that we encounter, all would have prepared Jesus for His assignment. There would have been scorn and shame because the word Nazareth or someone from Nazareth, Nazarene, was not a good term. And so Jesus would identify with people uh, who, are being, uh, uh, who, are, who are scorned and shamed. Jesus also, in that word Nazarene, means a branch. And Jesus would be that fruitful branch because Israel was not a fruitful vine. And there will come a time where you will spring forth and God will bring you into your assignment. So if you want to listen to a message that teaches you how to wait, this is one message as we learn from the life of Jesus. Session number 10. We hopped into you know, a, a new season, a new era, 20 plus years later, and the title is Prepared and Ready. And this is really the introduction session uh, where we launched off to learn about John the Baptist as well as his ministry. Now, we learned a few important things, the main ones being John had a voice. He was the voice in the wilderness. He was the one who was prophesied. He had a voice and he wasn't afraid to use it. I believe today that, you know, the church, we are that voice today. We are the forerunners to declare that Jesus will be coming soon. So if you've been given a voice, don't be afraid to use it. He declared the kingdom without compromise. And the kingdom, once you declare it can be good news to those who receive it, it can be not exactly good news for those who reject it. And you have to present the right message of the kingdom. Most importantly, again, you see, John knew his assignment. He is the forerunner. He is the voice. He is to make ready your people. He knew his assignment and he fulfilled it. Message number 11 is entitled simply, Return. 
turn. In other words, regarding this point of turning, turning, and turning again. The main topic being repentance. And I took great trouble and great effort to uh, address many common statements today that sound so attractive that's going around churches today that are inaccurate, that are not biblically sound. And to show you that repentance is still relevant for our day today. And it is involving three main words that repentance is confession, it is contrition of heart, and it also involves conversion. It's not just admitting that we sin, it is really turning and returning to Jesus. Now, in our Keeper's Awakening, there's another word we use for turning and returning. That word is aligning and realigning. Amen? Right? And we keep misaligning ourselves. We keep veering off. And there's always a need to keep coming back on track so that we can know and fulfill our assignment. Lap number 12. And we had this interesting title called Flame On, inspired by the Fantastic Four, by this one character, Johnny Storm. But of course, we're talking about Johnny the Baptist and not Johnny Storm. And we looked at this imagery of fire. And I summarize with these points to say, praise the Lord in Jesus Christ, fire can, re can represent God's wrath. But in Christ, we have been saved from God's wrath. At the same time, we don't want to just rest on our laurels because we have been saved. We want to bear good fruit because John also warned that the tree that does not produce good fruit, it will be cut down. Jesus says the branch that does not have fruit will be taken away and thrown into the fire. We understand also that fire is a symbol of refinement. And when Jesus is coming later to baptize us with Holy Spirit and fire, the Holy Spirit is also an agent of refinement. We are not just restored, we also need to be refined. And those who have heard the teaching on alignment, Today, you understand refinement in a different way because refinement becomes a very key thing in the way we align ourselves to the Lord towards the fulfilling of our assignment. Finally, we also want to be found to be His wheat and not the chaff because there will be a time of separation. We don't do the separating. Jesus is the one that separates at the end. The wheat, He'll gather into the barn and the chaff, he will cast out into unquenchable fire. Lesson number 13. We went into this topic entitled, Stones to Sons. Because John the Baptist looked at the Pharisees and the religious leaders and he says, look, you know, don't rest and don't be complacent of your own heritage because God can raise children from these stones. Now, it was a rather intense topic and uh, quite deep in, in theology there. But the main points are, if we are sons of God, it's one thing to declare the Father is another to live as the Father's children. And so bask all you like to be sons and daughters of God. But remember, the Father has a will and we are to do the Father's will. Secondly, God is never constrained by dead stones. He can raise up living stones always for His purpose. All right? And so we want to be stones by faith, living stones, not to be dead stones so He can use us. And these stones, to be living stones, should also bear fruit. Now you may scratch your head and say, how can a stone bear fruit? And so I came up with this line to encourage us. If water can be turned into wine by Jesus, 
Stones can bear fruit by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Alright, so let's move on to the next lab. I think we're doing quite well. Lab number 14. And the title is called Immersion Program. And we were addressing really the topic of baptism. Jesus would come to baptize with the Holy Spirit. John baptized with water. And we see that the King will come and He will bring for Himself an immersion program who is the Holy Spirit. It is called the Kingdom Immersion Program. Why? Because baptism, it's all about immersion. And what does the Holy Spirit do for us? If we are immersed in Him, we are immersed in kingdom things. I listed all these for you. The Holy Spirit constitutes us as kingdom community. He enables us for kingdom assignments. He also helps us to implement kingdom statutes or kingdom law. And He brings an advancement in and through us through kingdom culture. When we are immersed with and by the Holy Spirit, we can also demonstrate kingdom power. By the Holy Spirit, we have connection to kingdom resources. And most critically, with the Holy Spirit who changes us and transforms us, we begin to reveal the kingdom's king. The Holy Spirit is the kingdom immersion program. And we all agree, we definitely need more of the Holy Spirit in the church today. Lab number 15, speeding on. The title was, Where's Wally? At first glance, we were wondering, where do we get this name, Wally? Surely he's not in the Bible, right? And uh, really, it was just a tongue-in-cheek thing. John the Baptist, who had been looking for the Messiah, who is the one? And finally, he spots Jesus. But really, the lesson for us is about identification. As Jesus identifies with us as sinners, He gives us the privilege that later we can, by faith, identify with Him in all that He has done for us. But now God is looking for a people, a person. And He says, I sought for a man among them who would make a wall. And that was really the biblical basis of wall you see. And to stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. God is looking for a Wally, someone who would stand in the gap. And I call this guy, you know, by another name. You can call him Wally, and I'll call him Akipus. And we are just nameless people or almost anonymous people. But God is, his eyes are swinging to, searching to and fro. Would you be God's Wally? Are you the one? And I pray that you will say, Yes, Lord, I'm here. And our final lap, number 16. We entitled it Sun, Sand, and Surf. And we thought we were going to the Bahamas for a holiday. But you know now that the title really is Sun, Sand, and Surf. Talking about Jesus, who is a son, and he was sent by the Father to serve all of us. We unpack this one line. This is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. We call it a stringing of pearls, getting into Old Testament, God giving little hints and little clues to the people who knew the Scripture well to say, this is the Messiah and I am pleased with him. How does it apply to all of us? Our question is, do we please our Father? Do we please our God? And I went through these points really quickly. Faith. Obedience, the fear of the Lord, a life in the Spirit, community, generosity, a thankful heart, walking worthy, a focus in our mission. 
And to conclude, I ask ourselves, son, send and serve. Are we content just to be beach bum believers? Or will we determine to be God pleasers? 16 sessions. And tonight we take a pit stop. How's the journey so far? Some of you are still trying to catch your breath. But as I go through the 16 sessions in preparing even for this, I just stand amazed at how Scripture just unfolds. How God in just three chapters can pack so much in for us. If we would take time to study the Scriptures and to dig into it, there's such a treasure, isn't it not? But more than just gleaning these good points, my desire is to bring it into a context for us to understand the kingdom of God. This is what Kingdom 101 is all about. We want to know the King. We want to embrace His kingdom and it includes all these things and we're not even done yet. And as we align with who the King is and what His kingdom is all about, we posture ourselves to receive assignment. See, otherwise we get caught in churchy things. We think, oh, I just do this in the church. It's fine. I do that. It's fine. No. Align with the king. Understand his kingdom and allow him to show you the areas that still need to be addressed. And so this is what I'd like you to do after this. As you have heard the 16 sessions, and I know it's probably zoomed past you like the wind. Scroll through your photo library. Have a look at that. I want us to get into some groups of just four and five. That's a maximum. And I want you to answer or discuss these questions. Firstly, why is having the right perspective of the kingdom of God important for an archipus? Secondly, share one or two main takeaways from Kingdom 101. All of you here today have heard all 16 lessons after this. What's your takeaway? You know, even if it was just a shoom, just a move, you know, just a speed through. Talk about how His kingdom one helped you to know Jesus better, to embrace His kingdom more readily, and to know your kingdom assignment. And finally, pray for one another to be awakened, aligned, and assigned for Jesus and His kingdom's purposes. This is our pit stop tonight. This is an opportunity for you to talk things out. And you have, if you have questions, write it down. Dialogue with me. Dialogue with one another. So that Kingdom 101 does not remain a one-way, a one-direction thing. And I pray that if this is helpful, we could have a few more pit stops along the way so it's not so heavy for all. Alright? So tonight, let's pray together and then we can move into our groups. Lord, thank you for your word. Always, Lord, I start with this one line. That, Lord, you have left us scripture to guide us and to direct us. And, Lord, we see that there's just so much in there that we can learn from. So this evening, help us, Lord. We may have questions. We may be unclear. We may be processing still. But, Lord, just guide us so that in asking the questions, it's not so much about receiving the answers. Many times in our asking the questions, you just bring clarity even to our own understanding and perspectives. And so we yield this time to you, Lord. Direct us. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen.